I think Vietnam is a very good place for kind of grunt work. These people are, they're very intelligent, they're very good at marketing, but they just, they're not very good at online stuff. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Also, before we get into our intro today, there's going to be some exciting things we're going to be doing. It's a project that I'm kind of outlining right now, and I'm going to get the community involved. It's a pretty big decision for me and the business. And stay tuned. Next week will be more information about that. Okay, Global from Asia, episode 184. What's the URL, Claire? It's uh, www.globalfromasia.com slash episode 184. Great. And as always, we'll have show notes there and other fun stuff when we have it. And I think we're going to put a little video clip in there too. Uh, we're at Rise Conference and right off the bat, I was in the other, I was actually maybe asleep, honestly, you guys are out late, but what happened uh, on Monday, I think it was, last Monday, Andrew? So yeah, on Monday we were at the convention center, we were lost, asking for directions, and we talked to someone named Luis, who is probably listening to this right now, and she recognized Claire's voice, and she got really excited, and yeah, she asked Claire if... She was from the girl from the podcast. I think that's <laughs> those are her words, literally. Wow, Claire, how does it feel? Um, I'm just I'm was surprised to be honest because like I never really got recognized by my voice. Nice, you're doing a good job. We'll have to get you more involved with some interviews or some other things in the future. Claire, it's doing great, but yeah, we're we're all pretty exhausted. We're doing this on Friday, uh, the week before the show goes live, and it was an intense week with Rise Conference, and we also did a couple of Global From Asia events. We had one in Hong Kong on Wednesday night with Ricardo Lee. He's a ex-eBay Shenzhen director, and he's run an incubator and has tons of experience about cross-border e-commerce he was sharing. And then on Thursday, we had one in Shenzhen. It was like a e-commerce pitch night with like how many people came like 80 or something not like a lot 80 yeah 80 or something people it was a uh, it was pretty awesome and uh we're trying to make videos video blogs for all this so you guys can check those out we'll link them up on the show notes we'll also put the uh luis encounter andrew got that on video so we'll put that on the show notes episode 184 and uh, things are things are going great. We also got some local sponsors. You want to talk about some of our local sponsors, Claire? Yeah, so we have like uh, 60 Salad uh, and also One Direction uh, sponsored our event. And also um, last month, Karen uh, Shea already sponsored our event. So it's going to be a six-month uh, sponsorship. Yeah, so these are supporting our Shenzhen chapter events. So they're... Uh, they're all really supporting our movement of these local chapters. And we're talking to some people in other cities and we had some great calls with Claudia and Esteban and Santiago and Monte and from Miami and South America, Colombia, things are going crazy around the world. And, and Andrew has been really busy talking to a lot of them, right? You're, you're help, you're helping head up the kind of chapter organizer coordination. So great job, Andrew. And so now for this week's show, we have with us Carl Conger. He is, I just saw him, he came to Rise Conference as well. He's 
he's Estonian and he's based in Saigon, Vietnam. So I, we got to meet him while we were down in Vietnam. And when during that time, uh, I interviewed him right before I went to the airport about his how he moved to Saigon from Estonia, how he's kind of started his own internet marketing business, how he's working with staff there. He's got his own office. So kind of like kind of a follow on after John Myers last week about Saigon. This is a two part uh, series about Saigon. And uh, people like us, we're talking about different parts of Asia. We're talking, we got some, we did at Rise Conference as well about Japan and other markets talking to Taiwan. So we're trying to kind of do different parts of Asia as well. So this is another continuation of our Saigon Vietnam trip series. Enjoy. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We are here in Saigon. Is it Saigon or Ho Chi Minh? Uh it depends. So in the south, we call it Saigon. In the north, they still call it Ho Chi Minh. Ah, or vice versa. I might be extremely wrong about this. All right, cool. So we have with us, uh, right before I go to the airport, I had to get this podcast in, Carl Kanger. So thanks for being on the show, Carl. Thanks for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, it's great, man. And I'm here in your in your office, and uh, I'm excited for today's show. Is you've been, you, you know, you're doing really amazing things and just had an epic birthday party so I, I i was there for the beginning did, did you enjoy that part yeah i had a great time it only got better i'm sorry man i i know i should shouldn't think i'm old but i'm i'm getting old man we all need our excuses <laughs> excuse it's true it's an excuse well so today we're talking some business on global from asia i'm, I'm curious to learn also the some of your story here of your, your own story but also kind of like setting up this operations here in saigon i i think it's a great place to do some development and marketing so so today we're going to talk talk about that but before before uh we get into it I'm, I'm also curious your story you know you're you're an internet marketer and i don't know if it's okay to say but you just turned your party was just 21 so yeah. pretty young so no college? No college. Uh, I actually ended up dropping out of high school to move to Vietnam. So I'd finished all of my studies. I had about a month or two to go until my exams. And then I would have been done. Uh, but I already knew a lot of people out here in Vietnam. And I, I'd been considering it for over two years uh, moving to Asia. And all these signals came at me uh, at the same time saying, like, move, move. And it was like, okay, life's too short. Like I studied everything I could have possibly studied at that stage, like in school and just decided life is too short. And if I ever want to go back, I can always finish it in about a month. So didn't really burn any bridges with it. Yeah, I've been doing online businesses for about eight years now. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's been pretty varied. I started off with some advertising sites. Then I did uh, SEO work for clients. Then I did a bunch of Amazon affiliate sites and other affiliate projects. Uh, sold some of them, started a marketing agency. Then I got back into the advertising and affiliate game, sold one of those ventures. And now we started MR Media, which is a marketing agency for software as a service companies. Great. Yeah, it's exciting times, man. And uh, so how did you end up picking Vietnam to start with? Uh, so I think I was around 17 and from ages 12 to 17, I was kind of doing my online thing and it was pretty successful. And, uh, but I never, I never really liked Estonia, which is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. It's very cold. The people are very depressed. It's just, <laughs> it's just an, uh, not the best place for, for someone like myself. And I always loved like tropical weather and stuff. 
And when I was 17, I, I saw an apprenticeship within our networks uh, through the Dynamite Circle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was based in the Philippines. So I applied for that. I didn't actually get the position, but that kind of opened my mind to the possibilities of living in Asia. And I kind of got obsessed with it. Uh, I planned it out for about a year and then just took the leap. Very and, cool. And this was March 2015, 14, I think. And uh, so the two most recommended places for me in Asia were Chiang Mai, Thailand and Saigon, Vietnam. And Chiang Mai during that time had the burning season. So I ended up coming to Vietnam. Oh. And uh, the plan was to move to a new country every month, two, three months. And I just kind of came here, fell in love with the place and pretty much never left. Okay. Like I've, I've traveled around Asia a little bit. I spent some time in Chiang Mai. I think I lived there for five, six months, but Vietnam very quickly became home to me. And I just stuck around. All right. Nice. And and now yeah we're here so this just maybe talk about where the office is or the location so this is more of a local area I, it wasn't that far for me to get here but of course i had to take a uh different uh different route than it seems most of the other places i've been visiting so we're in district four district four yeah so we're based in district four uh as far as i know it used to be kind of a ghetto area now it's just normal local area that connects uh, one of the expat areas in the city center and we're about five to ten minutes away from the city center by cab it's a it's a pretty good central location and we're in a place called circo co-working space where uh i think we have 20 to 30 companies that are based here and they're all international so singaporean companies uh companies from silicon valley uh doing a lot of uh techie stuff Awesome. So we're probably one of the smallest companies here, uh, and I believe the only one in the marketing space as well. Awesome. Interesting. So it's it's a, what what kind of talent do you is is most abundant? I mean, I, I've told people I, I actually work with a developer in in Vietnam online. He's too shy to meet me. I tried to have him come out here. Uh, he's a little bit shy, so I didn't get to see him this trip. Maybe next time, but. Are, is it mostly developers or marketers or, I mean, is everybody, I heard there's good developers in Vietnam. Right. So our company is kind of, uh, we're targeting the U.S. market and we're very high end service. So most of our staff has to be native English speakers. Okay. So it's, it's actually not the best place for us to be based out of, but, uh, for, in terms of locals, I think there's a lot of talented developers. As far as I've heard from, from friends who are in the kind of tech and development game, they know their stuff, but they do it in a very messy way. Mm. So if it's best if you do know some do know some code of your own, that you can kind of guide them and give them best practices. Uh, otherwise, they they kind of skip and take the lazy way of just making it work, not necessarily making the best or like future proof solution. I've heard a lot of good things about designers here. Personally, we've been looking for I've been looking for a designer here for about two months. And I have not found a single good one. So currently I had to hire, uh, actually still a Vietnamese designer, but she's based in Thailand. <laughs> so she's working with us uh, part-time until we find a person here. But uh, I, I can definitely kind of attest to the shyness of Vietnamese people. So when I hired for content writers here, they were all foreigners, native English speakers. And they all sent me like video applications and came in for meetings and everything was fine. And then I started working for, uh, looking for designers 
And first I obviously ask for their portfolio, then ask for a three minute introduction video, who they are, what they do, what work they've done in the past, why they think they're a good fit for the position. And I think I've sent out about 30 of these emails to qualified applicants and I've received back two videos. Most of them after that, they just start ignoring me mm. or they're like, uh, my English is not good enough. Like I'm not going to do a video and they're just very shy about it. So, uh, yeah, I haven't had much luck with designers. I think Vietnam is a very good place for kind of, uh, let's say lower, uh, lower end companies where you have a lot of, uh, kind of like grunt work. So, we're doing like very high end advanced marketing and I probably would not hire Vietnamese people for most of these roles. Uh, there are some exceptions like advertising they're pretty good at, uh, assuming you have a copywriter assisting, assisting them, uh, like they know the tech side of things, but uh, email marketing and content marketing, SEO, I wouldn't give them that kind of stuff, but basic stuff that you can hire people like four five, $600 a month. If you have something that's, turn into a checklist, a procedure or something you can teach anyone. Uh, you can find a lot of people who are able to do that kind of stuff for, for fairly cheap. So I think it's good for people who are running, let's say kind of these one-off affiliate websites where you just need someone to create a bunch of websites for you. Uh, look up keywords, post content that they ordered from somewhere, uh, kind of follow a checklist to optimize it maybe for like support for your, Amazon FBA business or support for your drop shipping store, like these lower level tasks are pretty easily sourced here. And I think I, I've got quite a few friends who have successfully hired uh, teams for that. Cool. Um, do you know like a range salary depending on? Right. So uh, I mostly know for the, the lower end tasks. So that kind of stuff you can probably get for four to 600 a month, uh, kind of like a VA, VA type of thing. Uh, for a designer, um, my friends who run web agencies are paying 800 to 1,200. Uh, for a designer, developers range from 1,000 to 2,000, depending on the skill set. So that's an area I personally haven't explored much, but uh, I think these are pretty good ballparks. But then again, if you look for, let's say, marketing managers or higher end marketers, uh, some Vietnamese are asking three to $5,000 a month. Crazy. Yeah, actually, I've been meeting a lot of other online business owners here and some, yeah, like a lot of them are bringing in expats from overseas and saying it's like a great place to live, good cost of living. So maybe they'll be work able to work for less. And uh, yeah, I think Vietnam and Thailand are both great places to uh, bring people in from the outside. So from the States, from like my, my guy is from New Zealand, the other guy is from Australia because they can live here, they can live a nice lifestyle here, fairly cheap. So they're willing to accept a lower salary than that they might have had when they were working for Sony in Sweden or something. Mm -hmm. Especially if you said a manager here wants three to five a month, you could get a Westerner probably to do similar work. So yeah, these people are, they're very intelligent. They're very good at marketing, but they just, they're not very good at online stuff. So Vietnam is still... Uh, as you noted at your event, a lot of people said it's very similar to China <laughs> and it, it really is like there is no online marketing. No one's really doing Facebook ads. They push uh, flyers on the streets and, and branding campaigns and billboards and stuff. So all the marketers are very good at that type of stuff, doing events and shopping malls and costumes and God knows what. Uh, 
they're good at that kind of stuff, but they're not going to be your experts on MailChimp, GetDrip, and and lead pages. Mm, interesting to learn this. And like, uh, do you think people here register local companies, or can people just you know pay people uh, pay people directly, like online and stuff? Or right. So my my network in Vietnam is pretty big after being here for two years. Uh, I think most of my friends just operate through their U.S. and Hong Kong companies, yep, yep. and they kind of pay their Vietnamese staff under the table. I have one foreigner friend who has a online type of business who has a real entity and pays taxes here and everything. Well, He's got like uh, benefits for their employees and stuff like that. But personally, we op- uh, currently operate through our U.S. entity, and we give people self-employed contracts. Yep. So they kind of sort out their own taxes, healthcare, and so on. Uh, opening a hundred percent foreign owned company here is fairly difficult, mm. fairly expensive, and they're very strict with kind of the legal side of things and audits and stuff. So I've heard stories of, uh, like the tax people actually coming into your office on a random day, making sure everyone you claim you're employing is actually in your office, that they have contracts. They're going to stare at your computer. Like, what are you working on? <laughs> are you actually in the sector you claimed you're in and so on? So you have like different types of business licenses for marketing and advertising and real estate and God knows what. And for some of these foreigners are not even allowed to own a business in that industry. Crazy. Yeah. Similar in similar in China. A lot of times people just yeah operate through a, you know, off, offshore company like Hong Kong or, you know, even the U S and stuff like that. Um, hopefully it gets easier. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was into meetup too. It was interesting to see people, saying vietnam's harder than china so yeah this like offshore approach definitely works if you're if you're kind of in the same position as me where you're working with a lot of foreigners and you don't really touch vietnamese businesses uh and you go for like western-minded vietnamese employees but when you really need like a local team or you're working in any way with local clients then they're gonna want these red invoices which is like a very vietnamese thing Mm -hmm. And if you can't provide them that, you don't cannot do business with them. Right, invoice. Yeah. I'm kind of seeing the same thing with some of these employees where they won't take take money through uh, PayPal. They won't take a self employed contract, freelancer contract, because they they want their like Vietnamese healthcare and and so on. Yeah, it's similar in China too. Or I mean, a lot of times some people are more are less conservative. You know, they're they are are more conservative. They want to have the healthcare and taxes and the retirement savings. maybe retirements yeah i don't i don't think i don't believe i'm going to get my social security in america i, I the u.s government i worked there for five years so I, I think i'm supposed to get social security but i don't i don't expect that ever coming back to me <laughs> so. honestly i would I've, I've never kind of relied on that either mm-hmm. I, i've kind of crossed that off the list and, exactly. and made my own plans so exactly. i don't i don't know if there's any money going in there i don't really care yeah. if i ever get something great if i don't i'm ready for it exactly so so uh you know what are what are some tips i think for others setting up here coming out here you know i think a lot of times there's listeners that email me they don't know when they're looking for a job to come out to asia I know you, you were looking for an apprenticeship. Is that, do you think, the right the right thing? Or what would you say to somebody, like, when you were starting out, should they start? So in my case, I, I largely already had a successful business when I, mm-hmm. when I moved out here. But for people who just want to live in Asia, 
or, or get a job here, I think the best way is to save up some cash, fly out here, meet a lot of people. There's so many uh, both local and foreign-owned companies that are looking for talent, mm-hmm. any kind of talent. So uh, I've, I've got a lot of friends here who are now who have like online businesses, for example, but they're flying out their brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles who are just going to hang out here for two months and they're going to find a job somehow through the networks here. So whether that's doing social media for some Vietnamese company or, or even working on nightlife or tourism or teaching English, like it's something you're never gonna, as a foreigner, you're probably never going to be in the position where you cannot get a job here. Hmm. Although it must be a salary cut. No, it must be taken less. Increase. It's actually increased for foreigners. So they make more here than in their home. Oh yeah. Oh, it, oh but it, they make it's more. It's increased from from their home country. From their home country, but like compared to the locals for the same job. Yeah. A foreigner would get paid a lot more. And then there's always English teacher. Yeah, <laughs> teacher is always the backup option, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. All right, and and then um, some more about. I mean, yeah. I mean, we we work together. Thanks. You know, you use my service. Get the Hong Kong company. You'll be coming out again. I'll see you next week. Next week. It'll be great. Uh, so your marketing agency. Do you want to share more for SaaS companies? Yeah. So we are uh, done for you marketing solutions for software as a service companies. And uh, we kind of do everything, but we specialize in content marketing. Okay. So that means taking care of all of the content, all the articles uh, of your company. We also do uh, kind of like content upgrades for each piece. So we increase your email list by a lot. We take care of all of your email marketing. We can manage all of your social media. Let's say, uh, Mike, you want to kind of increase brand awareness and trust for global from Asia as well as yourself. We can manage your Quora account. Okay. For example, your Quora, Reddit, uh, manage you on Facebook groups. So any, anytime someone asks about uh, doing business in Asia or sourcing, mm. from, sourcing from China, you're probably going to answer all of those questions on Quora. Okay. And we're going to have the same quality of answers that you were personally answering them. Interesting. So for some people, uh, I think I, I just did a report for one of our clients on Quora. Last month, his views got uh, over 200,000 views. Amazing. In the past six months, that alone has driven over 10,000 clicks to the to the website. Yeah. That's just one of the one of the many channels we use for our clients. That's cool. Yeah, so exactly. It would be hard to use local talent for that. Exactly. Oh. So we were, our team is really kind of specialized in understanding your business and and your customers and their problems and addressing that the those problems uh, true content at a very high level. Got so it. our goal is always to establish the client as the thought leader in their space. So for some clients, let's say they're competing against uh, accounting giants like Zero. In some cases we're competing against Infusionsoft and and uh Aweber, MailChimp. Amazing. But we're creating content uh, at the same level or higher than them. Nice. And yeah, content is king, although that's overused, right? That right. keyword. But you also got to get out there. I mean, I think I'm making a lot of content, but I can probably spend more time getting people to find it. Or exactly. know so it's there. There are a lot of like done for you content solutions out there, and obviously you can outsource your content. Uh, I kind of pride ourselves on being a content marketing solution. 
So for example, for let's say you publish a blog post about uh, doing business in Hong Kong or incorporating in Hong Kong. What most people do is they create amazing content like you do, uh, but they don't know if it's better to call the post incorporating in Hong Kong or setting mm. up a company in Hong Kong. We figure all of that kind of stuff out. First of all, we optimize the content itself, the formatting, the images, basically just post the whole, whole, whole thing for you. But then we also look at everyone, everyone successful who has done a post about that before. Mm-hmm. So we look at who has linked back to the top 10 uh, articles about incorporating in Hong Kong. We get our research team gets the contact details of everyone who's linked to that post, every, every influencer who shared that post or article. And we send out personalized emails to all these people being like, Hey, this is Mike. Uh, I, I noticed you linked to, uh, I don't know, the Hong Kong government's post on incorporating in Hong Kong. We talked to 37 experts and added in data from 2017 and our uh, personal experiences. Do you think we also deserve a uh, mention? in your article. If not, what can we do to make it better? Mm, great. And this way we can uh, get a lot of backlinks and shares to content that's published right away. So instead of waiting six to 24 months for content marketing to kick in, we're able to cut that time a lot shorter. Yes, that's really, that's really valuable. And yeah, it takes a great team and you know, especially your knowledge. So how, how can people find more about you and, and, uh, and your business and so the company name is MR Media, Monthly yep. Recurring Revenue Media. Oh. So you can find us at MRR.media. You can email me at carl at MRR.media, or you can find me on Facebook and kind of follow me. I, I share a bit about my personal life there, but mostly business. Okay. So you can find me on Facebook as Carl Kanger. I'll probably be the first result. Yeah. We'll link it up on the show notes as always. And thanks so much, Carl, for sharing. Thanks for having me, Mike. Cool. All right, thank you, Carl. Uh, it was great to to see his office, and we also hung out a little bit in Hong Kong. Not as much as I wanted. Uh, we are on different schedules and and things, but Carl is great, and he's really hustling to make things happen, especially so young. So great job, Carl. Keep it up if you're listening. And uh, we are really hustling. I think we're all motivated by Gary V. He was at Rise, so he he really dominated the the show. He had spoken multiple times at multiple places. Uh, I'm all happy I got a selfie selfie with him and An he's autograph. yeah he autographed a, a copy of his book so I, I bought one of those and uh, we're excited right he's he's talking about going quote-unquote global from Asia he's saying you know he's really excited about the Asia market uh, so what do you, how do you guys feel what do you guys get out of his talk people love Gary V that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I know uh, they were like shaking physically just to be around him and, and meet him but I'd say the thing that I got from his talk is to work really, really hard and also be patient. Like if, if no one is familiar, well, some of you are familiar with Gary Vee, but he's been working in like a media company for the last 10 years. And I don't even think that's his real goal, but he's putting in the work and doing that, like kind of sacrificing 10 years to get to his next step. So it's patience and hard work. That's what I got. Cool. Yeah. I think, uh, like my first impression was like, uh, like uh, he is really popular. I mean, like he's popular, but like at Q and A section, like pretty much everyone has a question. And also, I'm think also like um he talks a lot about like intuition. 
intuition. So intuition, I think it's yeah. really important. Like, and also I feel like he also have an intuition about Asia, which is global, go mm. global from Asia. Yeah, you almost said global from Asia, but he was saying doing global business from Asia and startups and stuff. I I think Andrew and I are probably curious Claire's perspective, and maybe she can share. So he's interested about the mainland China market. He seems like he's going to be investing in the next few years. Do you think Chinese people will like him or like his content or his style? Because sometimes he's a little bit American, American or aggressive. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like some Chinese people might not like that. Do you? What do you think? Actually, I don't think like he's aggressive. I think he's just hyperactive mm. and unlike that attitude. But like for lots of Chinese people, I think. It might be a little bit different, but I think uh, Chinese people need to be more educated on, like, you know, like, say, productivity, mm. you know, like, uh, or social media, things like that. We are really bad at social media. Zach and then we were that discussing about, like, we spend lots of money um, on Times Square. So it's like, like, even some of the ads, it's in Chinese, mm. and which was, like, maybe, you know, like, you bring some uh, brand awareness, but, like, I think basically it's just uh, like with money. Mm-hmm. So I think we can learn a lot from him. Like, True. Yeah, speaking of Zach, we're going to do a workshop with him in August on Facebook ads for those in the South China or Asia region. Uh, more things like, yeah, we're doing amazing things. But yeah, I think Gary V will do fine. I mean, there's already some Chinese people that came and were asking him questions at some of the some of the events uh, where I saw him speak. But uh Maybe we'll get him on the podcast. That's maybe a goal for us. Maybe we can we can get him. We, if he's interested in Asia, I think it would make sense. So stay tuned for Gary V on Global from Asia. All right. With that, guys, let's uh, wrap up this week. And so everybody, see you next Tuesday. And thanks, Luis, for listening. Yeah, thank you. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.